Welcome back to Dennis and Friends, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world, or to talk the best time of year, October baseball. I'm Dennis, I host the show. This is episode 101, and today we're going to be talking MLB playoffs as they are really in full swing now. This episode is coming out on Saturday, October 7th. This is the day that all the division series kickoff, which is super exciting. With me to talk about all these series and about the wildcard round and about what to expect this October is Jake Russell, who you just heard on episode 100, making his, I don't know, you're, you're about to hit like 10 appearances on the show, dude. So that's a milestone for you. And it's been an honor every single time. Yes, I'm very happy to have you. You're my, you're my baseball expert on this show, one of my baseball experts on the show. And so I'm finally glad that we're getting to talking about baseball again we haven't talked about it since we talked about it in april the, after the first week of the of the year so now we're at the tail end and like i said the division series are about to get underway so we're going to talk about all four of the matchups in both the al and the nl and we're going to start off with talking about the wild card really briefly um my question to kind of kick off this conversation jake is are you surprised that all four of the series ended up in sweeps the sweeps, I am surprised by them. Um, in particular, just because baseball has been so unpredictable uh, with the wild cards, uh, particularly the single game elimination. And then last year, you saw that uh, the Phillies' magic is they they rode that momentum off of uh, being the low seed and all the way to the World Series. And so that's kind of what makes this so special. I think that the main thing that I have been surprised about has been uh, the the away game sweeps with Arizona in Milwaukee. And then uh, obviously uh, the Rangers going to the trop. If, if you do count that as an away game at all with the, the attendance <laughs> that, they, that they had. <laughs> and uh, somehow they're building a new stadium. So, well, maybe that'll get them to score more runs uh, than, than one for the first time since the 2020 world series. But, and uh, maybe not have like the, seven errors in game one either. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to start off with uh, with the Rangers and the Rays and the wild card, I think that uh, that was, man, this year for the Rays, I, I kept trying to pretend that this year was going to be different in terms of uh, them them being such a, a highly touted regular season team built with the built and uh, with the pitching rotation of finally having Glass now, who I'm a big fan of on the mound, and like this has been the fi- the first year he's he's kind of gotten healthy, and then. Uh, previously they've just been built off of their bullpen success and having that depth. And then this year they kind of, they were structured a little bit different that they had more star power in terms of offensive production. And then, man, I, I fell in, I fell for the, the bear trap again. And once again, we saw, um, uh, people losing balls everywhere in that tin can of a ballpark where William Adamas gets traded to the brewers and now he is slugging everywhere just because he he claims he can now see the ball um and so that like we said maybe that new, that new ballpark will help but yeah i mean the rangers that didn't even have that much momentum coming into the postseason at all and no so the opposite after losing to the division having the magic number of two for like four games and not actually winning the division i yeah this this may have just been a, a scenario where the Rays ended up losing it, and then the Rangers' weakness of their bullpen didn't even get the opportunity to be exposed because uh, Evaldi was not bad. Evaldi, which we got at the end of the, at the end of the regular season, uh, and then you got just Jaymond out there shoving. Oh, dude, that catch! I still can't get over how ridiculous that catch was that he had in Game One. Like, I mean, and when you think about it, like that changed the momentum. You know, or kept the momentum in the Rangers' favor because they score. Tampa scores for sure if he doesn't make that. So, yeah, I mean, what a performance by him and Evaldi, of course. But I thought Jay Monty was was great. On, it's it's such one. a weird sport. I mean, like the ripple effects of the Rangers being a disaster. Uh, you end up getting Evan Carter getting called up as kind of a desperation just with all the injuries that they had in the lineup. And then he, he comes up and he's, he's good from the very beginning. So if they hadn't struggled, I mean, maybe he's not out there making web gym highlights in left field and actually being one of their best offensive pieces. 
Uh, and then I'm the Rays having one of the best home records in the in the league thus far, and not even being able to get one run until just garbage time essentially. And so that's what makes the, just the game of baseball so weird and, and beautiful and romantic all at once. That and also the Rangers are not a good road team either. Like they're so no. much better at Globe Life, and so to handle the Rays the the way that they did those two games was really really surprising. Yeah, and I mean I think that. If, if you're the Rays, you're starting to question like what what the direction is here going forward. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're going to get the new ballpark. Uh, Wander Franco probably may never, uh, or if, if everything stands, it is hopefully we'll never see the field again. Uh, and but I mean, I just I feel bad for for guys like Randy and uh, and Yandi that did finally get some uh, some superstardom and, and recognition this year, and to, to come up short once again, not being able to put even just any sort of production on the board. Uh, you got to wonder if they're going to ch- change their strategy at all in terms of team building. Yeah, I, I wonder that too. And it feels like it's almost necessary for them. They can't be they can't be doing what they have been doing like that much longer, you feel like, you know, because they've had all this success being kind of, you know, able to write an underdog story and not have the biggest stars. But at some point, something's got to give, I feel like, especially it's, 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 in that market. Everyone wants to be the Rays until it doesn't work. Exactly. Uh, like all the billionaire owners are going to say, we don't want, we want to be good, but also not dip into our wallet at all. And that's the cliche Rays model. Um, but I mean, how many banners do you have to show for it? Uh, so, yeah, just two AL pennants, be, uh, 12 years between each other. So, and one of them in a COVID year. So, yeah, not great, but. As a Rangers fan, I'm not complaining. We'll talk more about them here in a little bit. Let's uh, let's stick to the AL because I was really impressed with the with the pitching of Minnesota. Not that it's like been a surprise because they they've been good, you know. But to to handle a Toronto team that seemed to have a, a pretty decent end to the year was was something that caught my eye. But also Minnesota being at home and finally being able to break that 18 year streak of not winning a playoff game. You know, I think definitely helped them carry that into game two. So I don't know what we wanted to add to that, but I thought Minnesota ended up to deserve winners for sure. Oh yeah, they they were definitely deserved winners in terms of they've been the cursed team for the for so long. And this year, I actually kind of was buying into the narrative because usually their big bad wolf has been the Yankees, and they didn't have a, a Yankees team to uh, to get them uprooted this time. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, like they they still. Uh, blew it to to the Astros in the the 2020 COVID year, and then also uh, you had the 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 narrative of the AL Central just being garbage the entire year, and they kind of got in there just by by proxy. But I do love like a lot of uh, their young bats on there. Royce Lewis, I think that he had he, he had a record for the amount of grand slams hit. Just and he's I think like 22 years old or something right now. Uh, but I think that the the difference in this twins team that people are not realizing is that uh, the way they are built is you, you think of the Bama squad from a couple of years ago that broke the home run record, but they're just, they're going to, I think they are probably the best uh, one, two punch in terms of uh, pitching depth. This, the rest of the postseason, just Pablo Lopez uh, acquiring him this off season for Luis Arias, which I mean, he was, he, on pace to hit 400 at one point this yeah. the, the rare win-win uh scenarios for a trade and then having him and sonny gray up there and and bailey ober i mean i think he's he's gonna really get some get some shine in this this uh next als alds matchup just in that game three spot probably or i i think that, well i would say he you might even be on the, on the mound for game one because of of rest time but yeah that they just completely locked down uh the unfortunate blue jays lineup that has so much star power and potential that once again couldn't put it together in the postseason yeah it's disappointing it's a worrying trend for them too because like you mentioned all the star power and like the decent amount of experience that they have now too because it's not like vlad is that young anymore vlad jr and springer's been around there a decent amount of time now too so switch over to the nl let's talk uh let's talk the diamondbacks and and their little upset over Milwaukee because I, I thought Milwaukee had a decent chance to you know make some noise maybe not necessarily go far but at least you know be competitive and I mean I really think game one just like really changed things with how Arizona was able to come back and and then eventually take control yeah and it, I think that the the Brewers have kind of become one of the uh, the recurring 
those Los Angeles Chargers, if you will, the postseason, just because of the way that they have lost previously. Like they they are built in such a smart way in terms of Craig Council being able to to manage that lockdown bullpen uh, just over and over and over again, and then being able to get different kind of bats to get some production this year. And I was I was really high on their offseason or their trade acquisitions at the deadline and in Canna uh, and Carlos Santana and just having those just value buys that they've been able to to use in order to win that central and get in the postseason every year allows them to be such a smart organization, but they just didn't have the guy like they've, they've never had uh, just that bat that, you know, can come in and, and slug in some runs uh, at the, at the very end, like some, some of the other marquee franchises do. And that was the same way here. Just, they didn't have enough, enough bats to keep up with a diamondbacks team that, uh, can beat you in many different ways and they were playing with some house money and that many people didn't expect them to be there with them being a, a young roster and a pretty loaded NL West um, and I, they, they kind of showed that swagger in them too pimping those home runs from some guys that don't really slug a lot too. Corbin Carroll I think is uh, if if he wasn't a short king if you will I'd be if he was like 5'10 uh, if, if he was maybe six feet six one he'd be considered one of the best players in baseball just with his uh, his speed and his capability of getting some pop out there uh, and so i think that we'll see what happens next round if they ride this momentum into it but um, the, the snakes are fun they are they really are the other nl series which was the phillies marlins series that went how we expected it i felt like i mean miami's had a decent year but at philly philly knows how to get it done in the playoffs uh, I think Rob Thompson's a really good playoff manager and they were riding a pretty good momentum to end the year. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, I was not surprised either. I mean, it's, it's been an amazing year for the Marlins, but they just kind of ran out of gas out there getting, I mean, injuries to Perez and Alcantara that were that, I mean, that's when healthy, one of the hardest one, two punches in, in the game, but not having them there. And then, I mean, you're, MLB the show star Jazz Chisholm not getting a hit and pretty much the only yeah. offense coming from Josh Bell uh, in just a, a Phillies environment that is basically SEC football in October uh, is is insane and that, that was too tall of an ask and I mean like, I mean division games like that that team knew Miami like the back of their hand and uh, and you saw it there like that that is one of the scariest teams and it's almost just unfair that that Philly had to play that wild card series in general yeah. Again, like I, I really thought they ended the year strong and, and like you said, like with Miami, like especially with some of the like veteran guys that they have, like you mentioned Josh Bell and uh Solaire, like offenses I mean, they just look gassed, you know, like you mentioned. And it's unfortunate because it's cool that they're they were back in it, but you know, I I think that just it just wasn't their year, you know. I mean I don't know it's such a like cop out thing to say, but like they'll they'll find the gas for it again next year, I think, and a Hopefully they'll be right back in the same spot and hopefully, you know, go further. They're just a really young team or a really old team, depending on which position it is. And that kind of makes it towards it's very hit or miss. And right. I mean, you, saw, you saw the misses. And so we'll see who they decide to, to resign and bring back. But I mean, Yuri Perez, yeah, I think he's the, the youngest rookie in the league. And so that's why they managed him. And um, Arias, unfortunately, had that that injury that kind of hobbled him towards the end of the year and he's uh i mean just having the new rules with the stolen bases and putting the ball in play is uh is is going to work in their benefit but it's 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 going to be interesting to see just given how loaded the nl east is next year but hopefully they can get back i think schumacher should win manager of the year just him being a a, just first year manager doing the job that he did with that roster was a, a miracle if you will yeah, absolutely. I remember hearing a, this is kind of off topic, but I remember hearing an episode of Taylor Twelman's new pod that he's been doing uh, with Apple TV. And they were talking about uh, Inter-Miami with Levitard. And they multiple times were like, Inter-Miami's great. And it, they're not even the best thing in town right now, necessarily because of the Miami Marlins. But we're not talking about them because we have Lionel Messi here, which tells you like, how nice the season was for Miami. So like you mentioned in a stacked NL East next year, I think they'll be able to make some noise and hopefully they can figure out their issues and go for So I think they also just kind of, they deserve to be there and that they weren't as big of an embarrassment as some of the other NL teams. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's use that to transition into the division series matchups that we have and, Speaking of the Phillies, let's just go ahead and get this one out of the way. They're going to play the Braves 
uh, tomorrow night is game one. I mean, all these games, all the game ones are tomorrow. Um, we've got Strider on the mound against Suarez tomorrow um, in that game one matchup. Uh, what do you what do you see in this series? How do you think it goes? How much of a chance do you think the Phillies have, really? Because the Braves have been really sticking good all year. And yeah, just kind of, what do you think about all this? Get it out of the way is what you're saying. I I think this is the best DS matchup we've had in years, just in terms of how much animosity there is between these two teams. And I genuinely believe that whoever's going to win this, this is going to be the favorite to win the World Series. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I'm not going to bet against the Braves because I'm a coward. Uh, they, they had history in basically every single offensive category. And I think that they lead in every stat the, uh, going into the postseason except for ERA and stolen bases. And I mean, even with that stat, you got Ronald Acuna Jr. putting up a 40-70 uh, season, which has never been done before. Uh, but I do think that uh, I, the Braves have to win at home uh, because if if the Phillies steal one and they got to go back to Philly, which is just the most raucous environment in professional sports right now, and then they have that hanging over their head. Like the, the Braves, I think this this year are behaving differently because they do know that that they are the favorite, but they still feel like they have to earn it because um, Acuna, their star, was not on the team whenever they won the World Series. Well, he was, but, I mean, torn ACL, so you you know that he has the hunger to actually feel like he's earned this one. Um, but they still, uh, they've had pretty much everything go their way in terms of health, and that's kind of what has separated them so far from, from them and, and Philly, who has overcome a lot of adversity. But now it seems like both teams are finally in position to where everything has gone their way uh, and it's going to be a really even matchup. But I, I think that uh, what's going to be the separator here is uh, is if we get locked down Spencer Strider or not because he's either going to strike out the entire Phillies lineup um, or he's going to give up some runs. And he's gotten his home run numbers down towards the end of the year. But, he I mean, he's the strikeout leader that has a, an ERA around four, which is which is pretty shocking. It's, and um, But we're, we're going to see... I think that it, the Braves, because they're so uh, focused this year, since they did get eliminated by them last year, that's going to be a separator. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll be caught sleeping. Having that uh, exhibition game they played just to not have any rust this year is, is pretty impressive and telling about their their ball club. Uh, and so I think I'm I'm just too scared of a person to bet against them. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Because I remember just last year, like Strider really struggling in that one game like end of division round last year and just kind of their offense just kind of falling apart at the worst possible moment, you know, and now you've, you've got a team that, you know, will be hoping to, you know, right their wrongs from last year. So I, I, I'm in, I'm with you on that front, but man, the Phillies, I mean, again, like I just mentioned, like they're in a good spot right now. They have good momentum. They're great at home. They're going to have their home crowd behind them. They just need to steal one in Atlanta, and then you never know what could happen. You know that's that's the thing is that this this Braves team is maybe the the best offense we've ever seen, but the Phillies they have that same magical energy from last year, and it's even more magnified this year. And they are a better team because now you have Trey Turner playing with the energy of someone that has been just resurrected after having a, a miserable year and getting all the support from the, the Philly fans who normally throw batteries at Santa Claus. Um, and then you have a more stout defense from the, this year that their defense last year was laughable in some yeah. spots. Oh, yeah. also, I think they have a lot more pitching depth too. Just Nolan Wheeler at the, at the top and then Ranger Suarez, Matt Olson is three and 14 against him. And that okay. is, yeah, he's, he's going to be someone that, to look out for. And then even Taiwan Walker, He's been up and down, but I think that whenever he is good, he's he's just kind of solid uh, in, in terms of getting you six six good innings. And so I think that they, they could potentially have the pitching edge in this one, despite just the Braves having a lineup that is comparable to the 27 Yankees. Yeah, I, I think they do, honestly. Like, because, I mean, Strider's great, and, and Freed has, you know, been good, like, over the years. But like you mentioned, like, Wheeler and, uh, and Nola – like having them, I think Wheeler's going to pitch game two, if I remember reading that correctly. And I think Nola will pitch game three. Yes. So, man, I that's going to be tough for Atlanta, especially game two wise. Um, that game one may be the game that they need to win um, because I've, 
feel like with Wheeler, I think Wheeler was great the other night. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I just feel like they, they need to take advantage and, and try to do the best they can before facing Zach on Monday or whenever that game two is. So look out for Nola too. He just got announced. He's going to be a dad. And oh dad my man. Yes. Yes, man. I don't know who to pick. Um, because you're right. Like it's hard not to go against the brace because of the year that they've had. But again, the Phillies, like we just know from last year, like they could, they could be back in the world series again. I definitely think this goes five. 1000%. I think this goes five. Um, I would be shocked if it doesn't, especially because like you said, these teams hate each other. I'm going to, I'm going to say the Braves for now, but it would not shock me at all. If Philly ends up winning this. I'm going Braves in five as well in terms of, I think that I think every home game will be a victory. Uh, and I think that is exactly what Philly wants me to think. They want Philly fans thrive off of, uh, being doubted and they, they want no one to believe in them. So you're welcome. Philly fans. Yeah. You're welcome. I almost feel like if Philly wins this, they may have to win it in four because I don't know if they can go back to Atlanta, depending on what happens, right? Like if they go down two one and they win game four, they'll have obviously momentum going into game five, but I almost feel like they need to win in game four because if they lose a game four and then have to go back to Atlanta, I just don't think they have a shot to, they need to steal a game. Um, and um, Bryce Elder at the, first half of the year was your era leader but yeah the, the haters were coming for him because all of his outs were coming from ground outs and a lot of advanced advanced metric stats did not like his actual numbers and I, to those nerds i say uh get over yourself because they were winning at the time but it, it i mean it, it did kind of show towards the second half of the year uh and then max freed uh, he has been off and on with injuries this year, and the Phillies have historically performed really well against him. So I think that the, the Freed game is going to be the one that decides the series. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I would think so too. Sticking in the NL, we're going to go to the All-NLS matchup, which is the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. What are your thoughts? My thoughts is that Merrill Kelly is going to decide this series because Merrill Kelly, pitcher for the Diamondbacks, He's not won a game against the, the Dodgers in the most appearances by any starting pitcher in history. I think he's 0-15. And, and Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon are your one-two punch uh, for, for the, the Diamondbacks. And uh, Gallon is an ace, and I'm happy that he's finally going to be on the stage because I do believe he deserves more love in, in playing in a, a team that has not gotten enough attention in the Diamondbacks. Uh, and so Merrill Kelly, I think, is going to be the one that decides it because I like their rotation even better than uh kershaw who has has been a hall of famer and has had one of his best years this year given he's i mean his age and we keep waiting for the the wheels to fall off and they never do uh but bobby miller is he's been up and down as a rookie this year and this is this is a dodger team that i mean they they are riding the vibes off of being uh counted out as one of the quote-unquote worst Dodger teams of the past two decades and they've still been the class of of the NL West and that's because they can turn pieces like JD Martinez and uh, Jason Hayward that were value buys and into just monsters and so uh, the, getting that high-level production is it's what the Dodgers thrive off of and so it's, it is kind of stars and scrubs if you will just because Mookie and Freddie are going to do their Mookie and Freddie things, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that it's it's going to come down to uh, whether or not we get Prime Kershaw and Bobby Miller stepping up to the plate, and then Merrill Kelly not doing Merrill Kelly things against the Dodgers. Right? Yeah, I think for me, it's just like a experience versus youth factor because this Diamondbacks team is young in so many ways, and I, I just feel like with with Kershaw and with Betts and with Freeman and with uh, I I can't ever remember the the manager's name. I'm like literally blanking on it right now. Um, Corey Lavillo. No, no, no. Uh, for the Dodgers. Oh, Dave Roberts. Uh, thank you, Dave Roberts. Because they have so much experience right now, like they have a clear advantage on that department over Arizona. I just feel like that goes a long way in this scenario. Um, and I don't, I don't love the Dodgers will or not the bullpen, their entire pitching staff. I mean, it's been so depleted the whole year um, for various reasons. As much as I 
don't like that. I I still feel like their lineup takes it over the top for me. Um, but yeah, like you said, with with Arizona's one two punch, they could swing it the other way. And I think they have a little bit more sense of belief now because of what they were able to do in Milwaukee, win two games on the road, especially game one in a comeback scenario. Um, I definitely don't think that they'll bow out like easily at all. And what I mean by that is that I don't think they'll get swept, but I do think the Dodgers will end up prevailing in four or five um, because of just the wealth of experience that they have. But I think Arizona, if they, if they can recapture the magic from Milwaukee, they can, they can make this really interesting. Now, having said that though, Absolutely no one is going to pick the Arizona Diamondbacks. Because, Nobody. No, because they got swept and I think have lost their last five to the Dodgers. And this year, I believe the Dodgers are going off of I think, an 18-5 and five record in the past 23 matchups against them. However, we saw that against the Brewers in terms of them playing with the nobody believes in us mindset and just having some house money. They've already got Carroll locked into his, his contract for – almost the next decade and they didn't think they would be here right now. And they are Christian Walker has been overperformative this year in the best way possible. Evan Longoria has been the old man in the clubhouse reincarnated just there to have fun with the boys in the desert. And now he's playing for a ring. And so that kind of does some magic and baseball is so romantic, but that's the narrative that you're writing. If you're a snakes fan. Uh, but I mean, no one is going to bet against the Dodgers just because of, their uh their historic reverence right now yeah absolutely what what do you think dodgers or or d-backs i'm gonna give it to the dodgers in four okay so we both agree all right moving over to the other side of the aisle let's end with the rangers so let's start with the twins and the astros what are your thoughts so i think that it's going to come down to if the Astros can get any pitching production aside from Verlander. I think Verlander is going to be the horse uh, that that takes over, but we have seen some inconsistent pitching from from Houston this year, and that's pretty scary, uh, especially going up against a rotation that is so locked down from Minnesota. Minnesota's bats didn't even really get it going um, against Toronto, and they still had enough juice in the t- in the tank to get to get to this round pretty convincingly. Uh, and so that it's going to come down to Javier and and Framber being able to go out there uh, and, and shove and, and be able to perform against um, Obear and um, uh, pardon me, Sonny Gray. And I, I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. And so I do think that, that Correa has done the Correa character arc of being a, a UFC villain here. And I think that knowing that he is now going against his former team and being as performative as he is, that can do something in, in the locker room. Uh, and so I think that I, I, I'm not going to bet against the Astros because uh, they are the, they are the villain of, of the American league and they're, they're the standard. And so I'm going to say the Astros in five, but I think the Minnesota is just going to keep it close, but I'm just a coward. And so I, I, I like the vibes of the twins more right now. Uh, but like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick against the Astros until they prove me wrong. I I want to be in that same boat as you. I definitely do. I just really think Minnesota's pitching gives them such a huge edge, even against a really potent Astros lineup that we all know has performed when it matters most. I'm gonna say Twins in five. I I really think that they're in a good place right now, and if they just get what they can, if they can take advantage of those matchups, especially against Framber and, and Javier, because I, I don't think they'll have much success tomorrow necessarily against Verlander, especially being on the road, but they steal one in Houston and then do what they can at home. I think their pitching will, will ride them out and I would love to see it. Do I think realistically it'll happen? Probably not, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bet against the Astros because as a Rangers fan, as a person who, does not like them at all and who does not like the the villains that they are um i'm I'm ready to bet against them even though i'll probably get proven wrong and i would love for korea to just have a monster of a series and i and i think there's some uh there's some merit that he will you know just because like you mentioned he's going back home he's in a good spot right now like with his hitting i think and yeah i just 
I think that he could really, really end up being like the main character in this series, more so than other people. Corinne is going to use all of the cartilage left in his legs in order to win this series. Uh, yeah. Just because he knows how important this is for his legacy. And he, I think he's one of the, the few characters in baseball that is going to be vulnerable enough to let that show. Whereas on the other side, you have Kyle Tucker, who I think that if he did not have the personality of a wax figurine at a, at a museum in terms of like what he sh- portrays and shows himself to the media and like going up there without having any gloves on. Uh, he's one of the best hitters of baseball, but no one knows that just because of the character that he puts on. And that's kind of aside from uh, Bregman, there's a lot of the talking for, for Houston and Alvarez. Anytime he hits a, hits a home run, it just looks like uh, it's going to knock down the moon. Uh, aside from that, they're just, just a military academy of, of hitters and that it's like the opposite of the Correa effect and, and the 2017 scandal at Astros that we know. Uh, and so that's why I'm, I'm still going to pick them in five, just like I said, because I'm scared, but if anyone is riding off momentum is right now, it's Minnesota. Yeah. And we know that with the Astros too, they haven't been like, I mean, obviously they're in a decent spot right now considering they won a division kind of out of nowhere, but let's not act like they've been, necessarily like riding a good wave per se to like in the year i mean they really struggled um throughout september they just kind of got lucky that the rangers also sucked at the same time you know so they were they were benefits of other people having meltdowns at the wrong time but i would also compare them to uh kind of a an nba team that rests their superstars and because they know whenever is prime time to get healthy yeah and get hot and they know that the dog days of August do not matter. Yeah, absolutely. And and Dusty, I'm sure, made that very clear um, throughout the last few weeks. So, by the way, did you see the bit that Correa came out with the other day about 2017? Not recently. What did he say? He basically was like, it really hurt me that we had to do this. Like, I, He basically was like, I told them to stop and we didn't do it. And I'm like, okay, but if you really did, then like maybe they would have listened to you. I don't know. I just find that. I don't know if I really fully believe that, um, especially now being so far removed to where it doesn't matter. But can we also talk about the the twins booing George Springer or the, the twins fans booing George Springer, whatever they're paying and employing Carlos Correa? Yeah, yeah, that was not great. A little hypocritical per se. But I need the I need the twins to wear those Twin Cities jerseys throughout the entire series if possible. Or at least at home. That would be really great. They're pretty sweet, and they, they make you forget that they have Joey Gallo and Cor- Carlos Correa on their team. <laughs> yeah, I even forget that Joey Gallo's on that team sometimes, and I knew that he existed because of the team that we're about to talk about, which is the Texas Rangers, because he played for the Texas Rangers. And now the Rangers are in their first uh, you know, ALDS since 2016 and have somehow figured it out, um, despite, like we just mentioned, uh, melting down at the end of the season, despite having a magic number two for four days straight. How do you think this pans out with uh, the Rangers going into a very fun, very cool story with the American League leading Baltimore Orioles? I see a lot of runs. I think this is going to be the most high-scoring offense. I could see some games where both teams score in the double digits, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I also see some some good pitching match, matchups lined up as well, just because uh, Dean Kremer and Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish, that those names aren't jumping off the page to you, but I can tell you right now, those are three of the best arms left. They're stellar. The They're all stellar. Rodriguez, I think that if he has a start in Texas, it is going to be big time because he was from Stephen F. Austin and was the number one pitching prospect, and he knows that playing in his home state is going to be big, big time. And I, I can see him coming up to the plate. I mean, he or sorry, coming on the mound and just shoving. I, I think that the momentum of Baltimore for how long they have gone just from 100 162 games it is not a fluke whenever you can have it from start to finish and even though they don't necessarily have one thing that they're better at than everyone else they they know how to win in so many versatile ways i think it'll take them a little bit further than a rangers team that has a bullpen that wasn't necessarily tested at all last round Um, and so i think that uh baltimore is still going to be the favorites just because they they can win and more versatile ways than the Rangers can in terms of their their reliance thus far on 
on Seeger and Simeon, and then the times where Adelis is is not Joey Gallo 2.0, where he either slugs or strikes out. Right. Uh, and I, I also I'm questioning whether or not they're going to rush Scherzer back at all too, because uh, Boshi said today that they would they would try to see if he he can be worked into the DS, and I think that would uh, that would be far too big of a risk considering you've already lost Degrom for the next several years, and you don't want to push him back too early. This. Uh, and, and risk his his long term future too if he ends up retiring a ranger, uh, but Bochi is I, I will say like he's I, I you totally forget how successful he was in San Francisco because he was out of the game for a while and now having him on the Rangers has has been a big part of their success this year I believe and I do think that he's going to know how to manage a postseason series. Yeah, and that was going to be my point is that as much as I think Baltimore will probably end up winning this when it's all said and done. As a as a Rangers fan, I, I obviously am obligated to think that we're going to win. But I think Bruce Bochy is the differentiator in this series, like by far, because of the wealth of experience and the fact that he knows what's up. He knows how to get things done, especially with bullpen. Um, I know obviously the bullpen is the the biggest weakness of this team by far, and it's not even close. But I was impressed with how he managed it. Um, in the two games in Tampa Bay, albeit he didn't really have to necessarily manage it per se because they were up so many runs. But he has a historical like tendency to manage it well. And despite you know the inconsistency of Leclerc, of Will Smith, of uh, Aroldis Chapman, of Martin Perez, um, I I really think that that by himself, like his presence and his knowledge and his experience by itself, has so much say into how this thing goes that I think it gives the, the team a real shot. And like you mentioned earlier, Evan Carter has been really great. Seager and Simeon, I, I expect them to have, I expect Seager to have a really strong series, um, regardless of how it goes. I think there's a real shot because of this team being so hot and cold. And right now they're on a, on a high. And I think they could ride it out um, to, you know, pull off the upset here in this series. Um, but Baltimore is no joke. Like you mentioned, they have so many ways that they could beat you that, I definitely feel like they'll be able to to use that to their advantage. And one thing that is really interesting about this series is that we don't know what home field advantage means for the Rangers in a playoff scenario because there's never been a playoff game at Globe Life where the Rangers have actually played. And so how is the crowd going to be? How is the vibe going to be? Is it going to translate like it like from the regular season where they were strong into that same sort of thing? Or will it actually not be as beneficial? That's something that I think will really be something to watch out for on Tuesday when every game three happens. But again, like I said, obviously I'm obligated to say the Rangers are going to win. And so because of that, I will say that if they do win, it'll be in, I think they have to win it in four. I I don't trust this enough on the road to be able to get it done. Um, It would have to be in four. But I really think Baltimore ends up winning it at the end of the day, realistically. And not even that, but also the the way that the offense will be translated into Globe Life Field from a Rangers perspective in the postseason is going to be interesting because last time there was playoff baseball at Globe Life was was that weird twenty twenty season and it it just felt massive like you don't know if if the ball is going to be flying out there like it has during this regular season for them or if it's going to end up being a pitcher's duel there just it, it's because the Rangers have never played postseason games there before. It's it's a thing to watch out for, more so than with other parks. Again, because of the newness, because nobody really knows. Like you you don't usually say that about a playoff series, but in this scenario you have to because like you mentioned, like they've never played it because of COVID and how bad the team's been and all that. So So I w- I will say this though. I believe ESPN listed the Rangers as having the bullpen edge over the Orioles going into the season. It's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. I am baffled by it. I am too. I know that that definitely has to do with the Felix going on the IL and having Tommy John surgery as yeah. him being just the most electric closer in baseball. Uh, but at the same time, the Orioles starting pitching depth has been so deep that you're going to have the capability of putting uh, a John Means potentially in a reliever role to where, or just a day where he's an opener, or the possibility of having Flaherty coming out of the bullpen as well, and then even Kyle Gibson possibly too, uh, if he puts former it all Ranger? together. Yes, former Ranger, the Kyle Gibson revenge series, and then also it's 
It's just very scary for the Rangers if you're thinking about you need to have some sort of start aside from Evaldi and Montgomery and a bullpen day against the, a Baltimore Orioles team that has the most comebacks of any team in baseball this year. It's definitely going to come down to the bullpens, I think. And especially against a team in the Rangers that has blown a lot of leads this year. Like they have top through two or three like blown leads like throughout all of baseball. So that definitely plays into the Orioles advantage there too. I think Rutschman's going to have a really strong series as well. Um, I know people know about him, but this is going to be a, a big coming out party for a lot of people like to see him like do his thing. I'm really excited to see how he performs. He's a future MVP. They have not been swept once since he's been called up. And he's, he's one of the players in baseball that you wish that like if you were a father one day and your son asked for his Jersey or your son or daughter asked for his Jersey. And he was on one of the teams that you were a rival of, like say you were a, a Red Sox fan and your daughter asked for a Rushman Jersey. You'd have to get it anyways. Cause he just, he just gets it as, as they say. Uh, I mean, I, I'll never forget his, his debut opening at bat, just looking around Camden and everyone giving him a standing ovation. Yeah. He's just, he's just a lovable guy. And I think he's a, he's a major part of, of the good vibes in that locker room and t- kind of making it feel like a college team. Uh, that all rides together and, and loves one another and like they just get along outside of baseball and that's a major part of it that people don't really pay attention to. Yeah. Speaking of Rutschman, just kind of in the same vein as we're kind of drifting away from talking about series, give me five players that you're really excited to see perform throughout this playoff run. Okay, I'll give you one. I think Gunnar Henderson is your American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, he is electric. He already is celebrating as if he has already been there before. Uh, and he, he will make some defensive plays on that left side of the infield uh, that are must-see. And like he's 23 and his walk-up song is uh, some No Doubt, which whenever I visited their ballpark in, in Camden, my, my mother went crazy for it. And so uh, he's kind of a fan favorite in my family currently. Uh, and so I think that he's definitely – I know that the, the attention is likely going to be on – uh, Adley and that uh, that pitching staff in um, in Baltimore, but watch out for Gunner. Um, so that's one of them for you. Uh, I will also just throw out Royce Lewis again, just as him kind of being the heir apparent to what Byron Buxton could have been in Minnesota. Uh, Buxton was just one of the most athletic specimens of all time, but just has not been able to be healthy. And Royce Lewis has kind of come in as as a, a young phenom prospect in 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 waiting for him that is filled in in absence as he's been uh injured so often and they're unfortunately not going to have buxton but his uh his offensive production at the plate is is one that's likable he's also youthful and could be the future of the minnesota offense going forward so in the al i've got those two um give me another team and i'll, I'll throw out i'll throw out some names Arizona. Arizona. So Corbin Carroll is going to be your obvious one, but I'm going to go with Cattell Marte. Uh, Marte is one that I think is, has des- deserved superstar status, uh, but has not been able to get it just in, in the dog days of Arizona where they have had losing records and just been playing some meaningless meaningless ball in, in L West that's been dominated by the, uh, the star-studded lineups out there. But he's got some pop on the bat that is just so exciting. And I, every time he swings it, it looks like – uh, he's thrown his entire body at it and, and forcing it and driving it into into the right field stands. And he makes some really nice defensive plays out there too. Uh, so Marte for sure. It's a, Marte Parte was was a thing at once. Yeah, dude. With him being with Starling. Yes, yeah. I loved watching him this week in, in the wild card round. Um, Phillies? Who do, you, who do you think in the Phillies will have a good good run? Oh, it's Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott. I don't know if you saw the Grand Slam, but oh, okay. dude, it was all, epic. All of, all of the entire Phillies stadium singing his walk up song in unison together is just beautiful. And also, I mean, just him being a part of that young young core that struggled often in terms of defensive liabilities last year and not being one of the uh the high highly paid or uh highly touted salaries on there uh, i think he's going to be a stud for a long time and also i'll throw out jt real muto as well just yeah. i mean 
Uh, he's, he's one of the bigger names and veterans on that, that Philly lineup too, but he's just so athletic just being a catcher. Like I believe he has like one of the highest sprint speeds in the league. And, and that's not something that you expect from a, a catcher. Like he could, he could easily be a quarterback out there just uh, with his just athletic prowess. And that's, that's just really impressive for uh, such a physically demanding position. Yeah. One of my favorite non Rangers in the entire league for the last few years. I, I think his game is great. He's got a fun personality. Like you said, he's super athletic. Um, I know I said five, but technically we'll do six. Um, give me one Braves player you're excited about seeing, and then one Ranger. Braves. Oh man, it is. It's Eddie Rosario. Come on now. I mean, like we didn't even think that he'd be in the starting lineup this year. Uh, just trying to find a replacement somehow, or possibly calling up a, a prospect to replace him, and and he's come up to the plate. He's kind of one of the only people in the lineup that is not entirely locked up. Uh, in terms of just for the next 10 years right with, their, with the with massive contract, right and he just has so much fun out there and, and I, I think that he was one of the uh the big reasons why uh they they broke that home run record in terms of him being one of the one of the surprises of the year and then obviously spencer strider is just he's a, he's a psychopath out there like the it's like just I, I'm begging any of your listeners, please just go look up Spencer Strider interviews, and he's one of the most inter- interesting and fascinating human beings ever. Like his favorite show is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. He has this so entire cool. mu- music-based scoring system where, like, he will break down every single album of The Strokes, and has this like very complex this this grading system for it. And so that's why I'm so excited for him to. Uh, to be one of the the superstar pitchers in this matchup and in this playoffs in general. Yeah, uh, he's he like you said, he's a fascinating human being outside of the outside of the diamond. All right, give me one ranger and then we'll get out of here. How about you give me your ranger first, then I'll I'll give you okay. One. Uh, Evan Carter is like the obvious choice here because I think that just the way that he's impacted the team in such a short amount of time has been really really beneficial. And like you mentioned, like if the team was doing better, maybe he wouldn't even be called up and votes really well, well for our future. And I'd rather have him than like Travis Jankowski, like out of the outfield. Um, I'll, so I'll say him and I'll also say Monty, like I've really loved the addition of him to this team. And I just think he brings us like, you know, like really like strong personality, um, to the team. And I think that he's got the right, like playoff attitude for sure. So, I'm excited to see him do his thing. What I presume would be game two or three, um, depending on how things go. But yeah, I'm excited to see him do his thing and hopefully try to limit that very exciting Orioles offense. All right. Well, I'll give you Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe. He's, he's ah, kind of the okay. opposite of the the uh, promising prospect of, of Evan Carter that is so budding with, with youth and promise going forward. Uh, he's just... He's your dad's favorite player in the best way possible. Just uh, first baseman that can slug it every now and then. But uh, you just you see that mustache, and he he looks like he could be your neighbor out there. But it's 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 just so awesome. He can come in. He's Mister Reliable in the lineup, and uh, I think that uh, having him in the lineup every every day this year just kind of as a, a, a low risk addition to the team has been really special and i think that just his veteran presence and also uh him being able to win that low the the low bowl last last series against his right. younger brother has been was uh probably a big moment in the in the family he can be able to, he'll be able to hold that over him at the uh the family dinner at christmas this, this winter exactly exactly i also throw in just really briefly simeon and and josh young because i think simeon needs to like really have a strong series about as strong as Seager in order for us to have a good chance and young too. I liked how young played in game two against Tampa. And if he can get back to, to that sort of swagger and style that he had at the start of the year where he was like really, really scary to, to deal with as a pitcher. Um, I think that'd be really great and bode well for our chances. So young is going to be your X factor. Uh, I mean, he's been, he, he was on track to win, possibly win AO Rookie of the Year this year, and then he had that unfortunate injury that took him out for a long time. And so, I mean, just having him back in the lineup and hopefully getting back to where he was uh, pre-All-Star break where he did make the lineup as, as a rookie was super impressive. And so uh, th- having him back in there is, is like having a free agent signing right in October. Right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that it works out. Hold on just a second. I, I need some predictions from you. Oh, Okay. Give me world. Give me World Series. We're going. We're going this deep already. Okay. 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 I think the Braves are going to win it. 
I don't know who they're going to win it over because I think the AL is kind of wide open in some ways, depending on how things shape out. And I'll say Acuna ends up winning MVP of the World Series because he's he's different, man. He's a different level of player. He's going to have a moment next this series that is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Likewise, what do you think? Rematch of 2021, the Y'all Classic. Braves over Astros in six. MVP, Austin Riley. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm down for Austin Riley. He's one of my favorite players. That That's a good pick. All right, now let's officially get on out of here. I totally forgot that predictions were a thing. Uh, I had to have you on the record so that we can all be uh, proved wrong by the listeners. There, yes, yes, that, that's, a, that's a good shout. I appreciate you. You needed to be that. able to, to get, get the hate comments, and so that, that's, that's why I'm here. Right, we need some sort of like evidence to you know, go back to in three Just weeks. To we are not experts whatsoever. Right, when we inevitably get a Diamondbacks versus Twins World Series, we can just be like, well, we totally got it wrong. We should have known better. So, Yes, M- MVP... Uh, Matt Walner of your your Minnesota Twins. <laughs> that would be amazing. MVP, uh, Byron Buxton. Nah, that'd be funny. That would be funny if he actually was, but there's no way. Thanks for being here, listener. Hope you enjoyed us talking some baseball. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you listen to this show at Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever it is. Don't forget to subscribe. It helps us out to um, be shown to more people and hopefully get more of a listener base. Um, don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Don't forget to follow the show, Instagram at Dennis and Friends Pod, and email the pod, Dennis and Friends Pod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that. Don't forget to follow Jake and I on social media. Our handles will be in the show notes. And don't forget to check out Jake's article about the MLB playoffs. I'm going to drop that in the show notes as well. You should definitely read it. I read it earlier this week, it was fantastic give it a read as we're into the swing of things here with MLB playoffs. Don't forget to click all the other handles and links in the show notes as well. Uh, Coming up next on the show, I think we've got EPL talk coming up sooner than later and then NBA discussion happening real soon as well. And hopefully some hockey as well. So got lots of things on the horizon and you can also expect Jake to be back with some baseball talk as the playoffs get going. So, until next time, be good and do good. Jake, sign us out. Be good. If you can't be good, be careful.